0: well good morning nice to see you welcome to everyone here in oakville to our sites uh, and those watching online we are at the end of our first series of 2023 which to me is kind of amazing the time has gone by very fast but also it means that january is almost history we made it a whole month 2023. i'm still not even used to saying 2023 yet but but here we are and uh, and It's coming to an end. Um, It's been an interesting journey for us. Uh, We'll say as as, uh, your teaching team and as some of your leaders, as as we've put this series together, intentionally wanting to uh, lead us in an intentional way, uh, exploring and discovering what this idea of sacred assembly or solemn assembly is. And uh, this week was always a question mark we knew the first week we wanted to hear, the first two weeks we wanted to hear for some, some older and wiser teachers that would lead us through and give us an idea of what it was that, that, that we're talking about. The third week we knew we had a, a clear idea we wanted to get and talk specifically about the story and that's coming up, how we want to uh, con- uh, communicate uh, the story of our church clearly and in a way that's, that's not exhaustive but very comprehensive in a way that we can kind of understand where we've been so we know where we're going. We did that last week and then we'll be telling the full story this coming Saturday on the 4th uh, here and also online. And this week, this Sunday was always kind of a mystery. We weren't quite sure how we were going to gonna do this. We're playing it a little bit by ear. So so this may be a little bit shorter than what you're used to or it could go a little bit longer because we're going to f- kind of uh, move move in the spirit a little bit as we kind of uh, walk through what's in store for us. But I do want to give a bit of a recap. And um, the, the recap really is just looking at what it is, like what this is, solemn assembly. You've been hearing this probably a lot in, uh, in conversations and in home church. Like, what is it? And uh, Peter Robeland, he, uh, he led us through and brought us to the passage in uh, Joel, Joel chapter one and chapter two. And the week before that, we were reminded solemn assembly is not simply just a sad gathering, right? We established that. It doesn't mean just a mopey kind of walking into a space, feeling upset and depressed. But we learned that uh, solemnity and sadness aren't synonymous. They're not the same thing. But to be solemn actually moves us into a place of rejoicing. That to start on this journey of, of uh, solemn assembly is always a pathway towards joy, where sadness doesn't necessarily get us into that same space. So simply put, it's a pathway that leads to joy. And in a more detailed approach, it's a calling of God's people to come together, to seek his face, to see what it is that he has for his kids. The call is not for uh, God to to scratch uh, scratch everything off of our wish list, to make him perform in a way that would be suiting to us and the things that we want, but instead it's an opportunity to come and be close to him and discover what he wants for us. This call is simply an invitation. You've heard this word. If you've been paying attention over the past, not even just this series, but over the past number of months. It's been, that language has been coming over and over again. This invitation, invitation, invitation. The call is simply to get closer to God. In our second week, Peter Robelin ended that way when Jesus is with his disciples, with Peter on the beach after his resurrection and says, Peter, do you love me? And we're reminded that that's not a test. That's not a got you. That's not a trick to try and fool you, but instead it's an invitation to come closer. So the next question would be why we're even doing this. Why are we engaging? And it was interesting to hear uh, these two stories from from both Sundar and from uh, Peter. And they have different starting points where with Sundar it started off as almost an, an academic curiosity he had heard this idea of solemn assembly and said, I want to, research more, which doesn't surprise me. If you get to know him a little bit, he's very uh, academic minded, theologically minded, but you can see this kind of uh, curiosity stirring within him to want to learn and understand more. And that first step actually brought them onto this journey that ended up going for over 20 years. And then in, in uh, Peter Robelin's case at Chartwell, a number of years ago, they were recognizing a kind of spiritual dryness that was happening within their church, that their their numbers were good, attendance was good, everything seemed to look good on paper. But there was some sort of dryness. There was a, almost like a, a deadness that was happening as they gathered. And it was a desire for them to see more and to, to have a, a, a deeper experience. In the book of Joel, uh, we read in these... Uh, First number of, chap, uh, sorry, number of verses from verse 1 to 13. We read what was going on in Joel's time. The reason for them wanting to, to call this solemn assembly was national catastrophe was upon them. There was an invasion of locusts. And, uh, and the text is, it's kind of funny. It talks about the big locusts came and they ate everything. And whatever they didn't eat, the smaller locusts ate and whenever the smallest locust didn't eat, the smaller locust ate that, was left over. So uh, the scripture's way of saying everything was gone. And this state of emergency was the catalyst to have the people call an assembly to gather and come together. There was a significant shaking that was happening. And I can, I can relate to that. I think, I think for us, I think that may be the catalyst uh, for our, your leaders as we've kind of discerned what's next for our church, there's a, a shaking that has gone on. And we say, okay, so what is it that, what would happen if we were to actually make space instead of trying to put a, an elaborate plan together? What happens if we intentionally give some space for God to speak to us? It's that line from Victor Frankl that uh, was shared with us on week one. Once we know the why, we can endure anyhow. And I wonder if just being close to God in a real and true sense is a big enough why for us. And the last question is the, is the how, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we even accomplish this? The first, thing is, the first thing that we do is we just create the space. I've shared with a number of you uh, here in Oakville, but as we were preparing this idea of what does it look like to cancel every appointment for an entire week or every uh, rental or engagement that, that happens here in this, this building for a whole week, the implications uh, could have some hard effects for us down the road and speaking to our Rentals manager, let him know, what would it look like if we just canceled everything? All rentals, everything for an entire week. And he kind of looked at me funny, like, I don't know, Quincy, this sounds a little wild. Gave him the dates and then, give me those dates again? Only to find out that there had been kind of this preserved window of, of space, of opportunity for us to be able to do this. If we create space... God promises to fill it. I believe that to be true. If we make the space, we can be confident and sure and certain that God will fill it. Second Chronicles 5, 17, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will answer them and I will heal their land. Jeremiah 29, you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. James chapter four, verse eight, come near to God and he will come near to you. As I've been looking uh, over the first few chapters or the first few books of the Old Testament, it's amazing how you see this. This story in our creation story of of God creating space and then inviting his kids to fill it. Be fruitful and multiply, he says. God creates the space and then invites his kids to fill it up. And then as the story continues, God changes it a little bit. He says, all right, guys, I'm going to give you plans for the tabernacle, the place where I dwell, the place where I live. I'm going to give you permission to create the space. And then I'm going to fill it. He continues to do this over and over and over again. If we create the space, God will fill it. How difficult it is for us, I think especially for us, to be unscripted. We're, we're, we're uh, exceptionally gifted at having all of our, uh, our ducks in a row and being able to present in a way that's uh, predictable. But what happens if we just create the structure and allow God to fill it? And how difficult it is for us to actually be disciplined to create an unscripted space that isn't filled with constant content. What happens when we just stop talking? Just long enough for God to say something to us. This is really, really difficult for people that need control. Am I the only one? Uh, I was talking with a friend recently and she was talking, she's got it worse than me, I'll say this right now if we're judging. How when she buys a book, the first thing that she does is flip to the back of the book and read the last chapter, like real, like every book you do that. How can you like that just spoils the whole fun, right? That just takes everything away from it. Or my wife, who it makes me absolutely insane if we're watching Netflix and we're watching a, a tell. If if you're if if you're one of these people, you need some help. We'll pray for you afterwards. But the when you're sitting and you're watching Netflix and you're on like your first or second episode, and then what she'll do is scroll down all the way to the last episode to read the synopsis and look at the thumbnails. Like who does that, right? Like, cause for me, it's like, yeah, you, yes, yes. Because it's like, because now it's like if, if one of the main characters is in peril and you look down four thumbnails, you can see that they're like smiling or involved. It's like, oh, so obviously they made it. They didn't die in that space. So it's all been spoiled. And then even the synopsis, whoever does those uh, synopsis, those little blurbs needs to, they need to really check themselves because, because you, you, you have all these spoilers, right? Yeah, tsk, tsk, that's right but it's hard, it's hard for some of us to be able to walk into a place and not really understand truly, like not have an idea of where the story is going to go. But I, I've come to find like, if I know, speaking of shows, I love to watch movies and and, and TV and Netflix and all that stuff. And I found that if I know the director of the particular show or the particular movie, if I know who it is and I've seen his work before and I can, tr- I can say like, oh, I know, I don't know where this is going right now, but I can trust that it's going to end in a good place. Right? I've seen his work before and it's pretty good. I can trust where this is going. But this uh, requires from us a great deal of trust. And in our context, if we're looking to make space for God, then it requires us to trust that God is who he says he is. I have to ask myself regularly if I really believe the words of the songs that we sing when we come and gather in this place. Laura and I... um, Laura Jory, who's going to be coming up very shortly to walk us through a spiritual practice. Her and I were talking this week about uh, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there's this one line in that Psalm that kind of, depending on how you look at it, it can shape the way that you actually read the rest of it. And the line is, "He, he makes me lie down in green pastures or if you're familiar with the the King James version he maketh me lie down in green pastures and depending on how you look at it like i can see that as almost like almost out of character for the god that that we're coming to know and and be uh, close with he makes me lie down it almost sounds like aggressive or like he's um, wanting to be forceful like a, like i'm being grounded or i'm being punished right like i'm on a like no, you've got to go, like, I'm going to make you lay down. Have you ever had a small kid that just won't settle? And you, you wouldn't dream of it, but you like, you know, you just want to push them into the pillow to, like, just be still, right? You, want to, you would never, I know you would never do that, right? You may dream of doing that, but you would never, like, you would never do that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but that's not the picture um, that Jesus is trying to give us in this, this beautiful Psalm. Instead of thinking of it, him making us lie down in a forceful or a submissive way. It's almost as though it's a settling down. I'm with you. Relax. I've got it. No need to fear. I'm with you. And together I see, you know, as he's, as he's crouching down, we get to crouch down as well and just catch our breath and be in him in that space. It's not a move into uh, forcefulness, but it's an invitation to safety. So speaking of uh, trusting a director and where they're going, 20 years ago, I had a lot of trust in a director named M. Night Shyamalan, he had some great stuff. Those early days were fantastic. Now, I, don't, I can't speak for what's going on now. But he had this movie uh, about 20 years ago called Signs. And I'll, I'll set the premise for you, but there's a, there's a beautiful scene. But the premise is basically this. So there's a family. Uh, a, a man who used to be a, a pastor. His wife dies in a terrible car crash, and he loses all faith. Refuses, denounces God, refuses to pray, and is just going through a real struggle of faith. So he's with his two kids and his brother who's a little off and they're living in this farmhouse. And then an alien invasion happens, which is what happens, right? And, uh, and at the climax, what I consider to be the climax of this movie, the family, the two, the two little kids, the brother and the father who's struggling with his faith are all barricaded down in their basement, waiting for this invasion to pass. It's dark, they've got flashlights, they're scared. And the little boy, all of a sudden, gets hit with an asthma attack. And that's when the family realizes that they don't have the medicine. So they're trapped in this basement, no medicine, and this little boy is starting to hyperventilate, starting to panic, starting to lose all sense of what's going on. He can't breathe, he can't think. And his dad takes him and puts him on his lap and and wraps his arms around him. and settles him down, tries to settle him down, just with, just with the words of his voice, don't be afraid. Slow down, feel my chest, breathe when I breathe, breathe in when I breathe, breathe out when I breathe, it's going to be okay, I know this is scary. The air is coming. Just a little bit longer, just hold on. Just breathe with me. And slowly we see the breath of this boy slow and steady and match the same breathing as his father. They're in perfect sync. And finally the air comes. The breath is restored. I invite you to share with us, Laura.
1: So as I spend this time talking together about creating space, about um, stepping into some pieces that are unknown and probably uncomfortable, we wanna take a few minutes to do that together. And so I'm going to lead us through a spiritual practice. But even before we do that, we're going to read through a prayer, a poem together a couple of times. But even before we do that, we want to take just a couple of minutes to create the space in our own bodies, in our own minds, in our own spirits. And so wherever you are, if you're here in Oakville, if you're at one of our sites or you're watching from home, I just would really encourage you to receive this as an invitation for you. Not just something that other people are doing, not just something to listen to, but something for you to engage in, something for you to say yes to as we create this space together. And maybe it's uncomfortable, but it's a good practice for us to do. And there's not a right way to do it. It's okay if it's a little bit unusual. It's also okay if it's something that you really enjoy. (laughs) To practice it together, to go through, The time of creating space together is such a good thing for us to do. So I'd love to invite you wherever you're sitting to just kind of adjust in your space. If you can put both of your feet kind of firmly on the ground in front of you wherever you're sitting, if you're able to. Just settle your body into your seat. Move your shoulders around. Roll your neck if you want to, just Take a minute to settle your body, to be aware of where you're sitting, to be aware of your feet planted firmly on the ground. And if you're comfortable, you can close your eyes, try to release any worry, any hesitation about what is happening around you, and begin to pay attention to your breath. You don't need to worry about how you're breathing, but just begin to notice your breath. Be aware of your body. Be aware of your breath that is freely given, that is always there, even when you're not paying attention to it. And as we're creating this space, As we're reading through this prayer in a minute, if your mind starts to wander to other things, just try to gently bring your thoughts back to your breath, focusing on breathing in and breathing out. And then I want to invite you to begin to lengthen your breath. Take a deep, long breath in that fills your body, and then an even longer exhale, releasing, breathing out. Breathe in, long and deep, and breathe out. Releasing, creating space, ready to receive. As you keep breathing, I'm going to read for us this, this prayer, this poem written by Ted Lauder from Guerrillas of Grace. Pay attention to what stands out to you, to what you hear. As we read this together, I'm going to read it through twice. Gather me to be with you. Oh God, gather me now to be with you. As you are with me. Soothe my tiredness, quiet my fretfulness, curb my aimlessness, relieve my compulsiveness. Let me be easy for a moment. O Lord, release me from the fears and guilts which grip me so tightly, from the expectations and opinions which I so tightly grip, that I may be open to receiving what you give, to risking something genuinely new, to learning something refreshingly different, O God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. O God, gather me now to be with you as you are with me. Soothe my tiredness. Quiet. My fretfulness. Curb my aimlessness. Relieve my compulsiveness. Let me be easy for a moment. O oh Lord, release me from the fears and guilts which grip me so tightly from the expectations and opinions which I so tightly grip, that I may be open to receiving what you give, to risking something genuinely new, to learning something refreshingly different. Oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. Amen. Amen.